We've all heard the term biological age, but what does that mean? How is it measured? Is it possible to turn back the hands of time? Does the key to health, wellness, and longevity lie in epigenetics? Our guest today is Dr. Tom Stubbs, co-founder and CEO of Chronomics. Welcome to the Personalized Diagnostics Podcast. I'm Joe Anderson. Dr. Tom Stubbs, thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. Happy to. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. So much to talk about with uh, you, your company, Chronomics, biological age, epigenetics, DNA methylation. But let's start with you. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got interested in genetics and epigenetics? Yeah, sure. Happy to dive into that. My background uh, originally is in biochemistry, molecular biology, specializing in virology at the University of Oxford. I left there and went on to the University of Cambridge to do a master's in semiconductor physics, applications of biology, and then was fortunate enough to work with one of the founders in the field of epigenetics research and the technical co-founder of Illumina, the largest sequencing provider on the planet during PhD and postdoc. And that was really focused on computation and wet lab method development, specifically relating to epigenetics and the science of aging. During that work, I was, I was really working on how the aging process happens and how you can understand aging at a fundamental molecular level using the science of epigenetics. And actually using epigenetics, you can, you can really derive exquisitely sensitive biomarkers for the aging process uh, that, that we term biological age. And then through therapeutic and wellness interventions, we, we demonstrated both in, in humans and mice uh, and other systems that you, you can manipulate this process. So you can actually reduce the rate at which people age biologically. Out of that research found that whilst this was super interesting to understand in an academic context, how aging is happening, there's a whole host of applications for this epigenetic data type, both within aging and longevity, but also in chronic disease management, disease prevention, and a whole host of other fields. And so founded Chronomics to take the science of epigenetics out of the lab and bring it to people. We've all heard the term epigenetics, I'm sure most of us, but can we just take a step back for those of us who may not know, could you uh, tell us roughly what is epigenetics? Epigenetics is the science of how your DNA is controlled and how it's affected by environment and lifestyle. Epigenetics as a term is really a catch-all term for a a whole host of different uh, mechanisms and processes that that happen uh, inside your cells to to ensure your cells uh, are correctly expressing their genes um, that then make proteins and and how that cell then functions and, and how the organs and organism then functions properly. And specifically at Chronomics, we focus on a specific type of epigenetics uh, known as DNA methylation. And this is one of the archetypal mechanisms um, of of epigenetics found found in humans and and other mammals. Uh, And this is what we specifically focus on at Chronomics. For those of us, which I'm sure is most, we've taken high school biology, we know the, uh, the central dogma, so to speak, is DNA to RNA to protein. So epigenetics essentially covers everything that follows from the DNA code. DNA methylation is one aspect of epigenetics, and there's others? Uh, as you mentioned, with the, the, central, the central dogma of DNA goes to RNA goes to, to protein, 
the, the question is in your cells where you've got um, you know three billion letters of DNA times two from from your mum and your dad, how do your cells know which genes to to express in a given cell? And that's important because you don't just want all of the cells in your body to express the exact same genes. You actually want different cells to be specialized at doing different things. So your skin cell needs to express uh, specific specific genes or, and, and create specific proteins to, to function as that cell type. Similarly, your, your hearts, the cells in your heart, so cardiomyocytes, for instance, need to be focused on doing their job and that requires specific gene expression. And so how these cell fates, as we call them, are determined uh, is in large part due to the control of that DNA through epigenetics that determines which genes will get expressed in which cell type. And importantly as well, from influences from environment and lifestyle, how that expression is perturbed over prolonged periods of time is also very much linked to, to epigenetics. And this is really important for the understanding of age-related and, and chronic conditions that affect the vast majority of us. So things like type 2 diabetes and, and heart disease and, and others. So how does the methylation of DNA affect the downline expression? Within the cells of your body, each cell has this, uh, this incredible length of, of DNA. So in any one cell in our body, DNA, if it was stretched out, would, would reach about two meters in length. And that DNA has to get packaged and, and handled in a way that, that the cell can be like, can know which bits it wants to express and which bits of DNA it needs to, to function properly. All of that is controlled with these different uh, epigenetic mechanisms. And specifically when, when it comes to DNA methylation, DNA methylation at the start of genes, so in regions called promoter regions, seems to be related to the expression of those genes. There are certain promoter regions or starts of genes known as CPG islands, uh, and depending on whether they're methylated, so have these DNA methylation marks or not, unmethylated being the not case, that gene will get uh, expressed. Unfortunately, the more the broader picture gets more complicated than that. There aren't really, beyond certain specific situations, direct relationships between, okay, this position is methylated, therefore this gene is not expressed or expressed. There are cases where that is true, but for lots of regions of the genome, a position could be methylated and that could cause a downstream gene to, to get expressed or not. It's a complex system that's been exquisitely tuned over, over millennia to function to ensure that we have all the different cell types in our bodies working in unison to, to keep us alive and healthy. So, it, so like most things in biology, it is incredibly complicated. Now, how have you taken this knowledge and these learnings and applied this uh, to developing actual tools? Can you tell us a little bit about the work you've done at Chronomics and some of the products you're developing? At Chronomics, DNA methylation is a specific mark that's or chemical tag that, that's stuck on your DNA and in humans, uh, as in other mammals, it's specifically stuck on the letter C. So in your DNA, you've got four letters, A, T, C, and G. Methylation is specifically stuck on the letter C when it's followed by a G. And what we do is at Chronomics, we look at millions, actually tens of millions of these positions in the DNA. So these C's followed by G's to see whether they're methylated or, or not methylated in a given sample. And from that really rich data set, looking at this specific type of epigenetic mark, we can build 
really sensitive and specific signatures for different components of health. So for instance, we can look at uh, biological age. So using epigenetics, you can predict better than any other biological data type, somebody's age-related disease risk or age-related mortality risk, and really exquisitely understand how fast or how slow their, their body is, is aging. And this is super important uh, in a number of contexts, um, for instance, in, in the longevity industry, but also in understanding age-related disease risk from a prevention perspective as well. Tell us a little bit more about biological age. I think roughly we intuitively understand that, uh, but how does that work exactly? How do you measure it? And is it something that you would serially monitor? And can it be reversed? Can you turn back the hands of time, so to speak? Happy to, to dive into to all those different components of biological age. Biological age and the epigenetics of aging is a, is a super exciting area of research. And the applications are, are vast. And, and the future of rejuvenation-related sciences, but also our understanding of the core fundamental aging process is, is incredibly exciting, I think. So to go, to go back to your, uh, your first question, how do we age? This is something that, that is still very much debated within an academic context. There's a, there's a ton of different theories out there as to, as to what aging is and how, how it happens from kind of evolutionary theories to developmental theories and, uh, and everything in between and, and many more. But at a DNA methylation level, one of the, the key things that you see as people age, when we're talking about age, I'm, I'm talking specifically about, about biological age, and maybe just to step back a second, draw that distinction. So chronological age is, is the passage of time. So each of us were born at a certain point in time, and, and we can't change chronological age. Biological age is actually capturing the impact of, of time, if you like, and the, the true aging rate of our bodies. And so as you, as you correctly suggested, people that have lower biological ages, as measured epigenetically, tend to be healthier, tend to, tend to live longer. And actually there are a subset of people, uh, people that will go on to become supercentenarians, people that live over 110 years, that have markedly lower epigenetic ages than they do chronological ages. And conversely, people that have an accelerated epigenetic age or look epigenetically older than their chronological age tend to have increased disease risk and disease morbidity. In terms of, at a, at a model perspective, how it works is essentially the methylation places in your DNA in your cells where, where methylation is present a lot, a lot of the time, as you age are present less and less. The methylation sites or, or positions in your genome that are typically lowly methylated as you age seem to gain methylation. And essentially what that aligns to, and, and this aligns to a number of the different theories of aging, is that there's an increased entropy in the system. As your body's aging at an epigenetic level, there's increased entropy appearing in your cells. And you can, you can capture this signature really exquisitely using epigenetics. Uh, so with epigenetics, and this is with epigenetics, tissue independence. So you can take a saliva sample as we do at Chronomics. Everything we do is non-invasive. Uh, so using saliva to derive these health, uh, epigenetic measures of health. But you can also look at other tissue types. So it could be from a liver. Uh, it could be from, from urine. It could be from blood. 
and you would be able to predict somebody's biological age measured, measured using epigenetics to within a couple of years, not knowing anything about the person at all. Um, so there's, there's incredible opportunities and there's an incredible relationship to epigenetics um, and cell fates and how your body is constructed and the underlying aging process. Is some people's genetic code uh, predisposed to a younger biological age? So we've heard of populations of people, uh, I think particularly in Japan or other parts of the world who may live longer. Now, do these people, are these people encoded inherently for a younger uh, biological age or a longer biological age? And, and as you suggest, is it, is it something that can be altered by lifestyle modifications? So in terms of epigenetic age and, and how it can be manipulated, absolutely with environment and lifestyle related factors, you can massively impact your epigenetic aging rate and therefore your likelihood of, of having future diseases such as type 2 diabetes, heart disease, but also you'll likely end up living longer as well. And that's that's known from an epigenetic age perspective. From a genetics perspective, are there certain people that are genetically predisposed to to live longer than other people from from an epigenetics perspective what we know is that age as a as a phenomenon and lifespan is linked to genetics so the the estimates vary but 10 to 15 percent of somebody's lifespan is described um, or captured within their genetics but that means that a whole 90 85 to 90 percent of that is not it's captured in other factors such as environment and lifestyle related risk and epigenetic information that, that can capture that. That being said, there are also specific genetic variants that are linked to, to accelerated epigenetic ages. For instance, in a gene related to your telomeres, so the ends of your DNA, how long they are, and as, you, as your cells divide, these caps on the end of your DNA get shorter and shorter variants in the population related to a specific protein or gene called TERT are linked to differences in, in epigenetic age acceleration. So there's definitely links on the genetic side, but in the vast majority of cases, they're very minor and the larger proportion of your epigenetic age is being driven by uh, components of, of environment and lifestyle. From a rejuvenation perspective and from a health perspective, this is this is super exciting because it means that so much of your age-related disease risk, but actually chronic disease risk, is not derived from genetics. It's derived from actionable components of health that you can control and manage. These are the specific types of signature that at Chronomics we're focused on providing people with so that they can live for health, healthier lives uh, for longer. But also from a rejuvenation therapy perspective, what we and others have, have demonstrated is that you can take cells, so for instance, taking, taking skin cells from, from an adult, and you can, you can reprogram those cells or push them down a path towards a reprogrammed induced pluripotent stem cell state where they're looking very much like an, an embryo. And you can see that you've rejuvenated the, the aging phenomena as well. So by moving cells from an adult state to, a, to an embryonic state, you can absolutely reverse the aging process as measured from an epigenetic perspective. So you can reverse biological age all the way back to, to the start of somebody's life in that regard. Uh, and you can then differentiate those cells and they've lost 
the age that they had. So there's a ton of exciting applications for epigenetic age, both within prevention, but also from a therapeutics perspective around rejuvenation as well. Oh, that's incredible. Now, I think we know roughly what what is the picture of health and how we get there. Physicians might glibly say, healthy eating and exercise. In Dostoevsky, he says, all, all happy families are the same, but unhappy ones are unhappy in a variety of different ways. And so you mentioned uh, chronic disease and signatures. So we know that chronic disease can have a myriad of components, things such as cancer, infectious disease, autoimmune disease, inflammatory disease, metabolic disease. Is biological age or epigenetic health, is it simply a dichotomy of being healthy or unhealthy and at risk of developing these chronic diseases? Or can you develop uh, specific signatures for the likelihood of a patient or person uh, developing a particular kind of disease such as cardiovascular or cancer? This is a really interesting point and something that's important to to understand from from the work that, that we do at Chronomics is that when it comes to deriving biomarkers or specific signatures, most people in the world are focused on biomarkers of disease to tell when people are already unhealthy. At Chronomics, we're really focused on deriving biomarkers of health so that people can understand ahead of time what they need to do to avoid disease. You've raised a, a really interesting point there that there are there are a whole host of age-related and chronic conditions. Rather than focus on those disease states, what we do at Chronomics is measure the underlying health risks for those different diseases. At an underlying health risk perspective, you can be, for instance, putting yourself from a metabolic perspective at risk of, of type 2 diabetes, of metabolic syndrome, of heart disease, etc. But the underlying health risk component is the same. So what we do at Chronomics is capture a whole host of different signatures related to biological age, to, to metabolic health, to components of exposure-related health, and, and many more, to be able to give people a complete picture at a molecular level of their health and the likelihood of succumbing in the future to many of these age-related and chronic conditions so that they can act ahead of time to avoid those disease states. But, but absolutely, the combination of those different health biomarkers and the unique composition of those in a given individual will align different individuals to succumb more likely to different sorts of chronic and age-related diseases. That's eye-opening because I think so much in healthcare and healthcare systems is focused on sick care rather than wellness care. And I think maybe it could be a self-fulfilling prophecy in many ways. So I think moving away from that and focusing on wellness and health may be the path to the future. Now, in terms of practical applications, Chronomics products you're developing and other products you see, do you see much of a, a practical application in healthcare for health and wellness? And how does it look in managing uh, sick patients? Acronomics, we predominantly sell through uh, through partners in the healthcare space, in the wellness space. So, for instance, corporate wellness partners or, or healthcare practitioners. And the value for those partners is, as we've exactly as we've discussed, around the fact that you're providing them with objective molecular measures of health that previously weren't available to be able to to address and, and measure the improvement and impact at a, at a molecular level for disease outcomes in the future so that somebody can act today to avoid ill health in the future. In terms of the application of epigenetics outside of that specific prevention framework, there's a whole host of, of other applications that we're exploring with partners. For instance, in, in a research context, so we've 
mentioned briefly opportunities within the within the rejuvenation space so on a pharmaceutical side or nutraceutical side but there's there's also definitely applications within sick care and actually when it comes to epigenetics these were some of the first applications that were addressed so there are already epigenetics companies that are focused on for instance the the derivation of biomarkers for the stratification of patients for instance from breast cancer so for instance taking a, a a breast uh, biopsy and using epigenetics to inform decision making from a treatment perspective of of a sick patient so there's absolutely applications within sick care and i think we're we're only going to see those applications uh, growing similarly within the prevention and health space uh, and i think what we're going to see more and more is is a an overlap of those two worlds coming together as companies such as chronomics provide that rich molecular data to validate different interventions within a health and wellness context, those those different approaches will start to feed and, and align more with, with what's being done for sick patients as well. We find ourselves amidst this global pandemic of the coronavirus or COVID-19. I keep seeing articles in the press and medical journals, of course, that patients uh, with chronic diseases, older patients are more susceptible to catching the virus and developing uh, complications and bad outcomes. Patients are people living in areas with high air pollution and smokers may be more susceptible to the disease. So is, is there an area that epigenetics can inform us here too in perhaps the uh, likelihood of developing infectious diseases such as the novel coronavirus? You know, the COVID-19 pandemic has obviously had, had a huge impact globally from, from the perspective of, of chronomics and prevention and people taking care of their health it's really highlighted the importance of, of staying healthy and, and staving off underlying chronic conditions because it's not just the far out heart disease type outcome or, or type 2 diabetes outcome that, that can manifest. There's now an appreciation that actually they're not taking action to, to avoid those diseases from a prevention perspective. Not only are you putting yourself at risk for those conditions, but you're also increasing the risk of you having a severe uh, illness from an acute infection, such as something like COVID-19. Uh, and so at Chronomics, we're working a lot with, with existing customers and also with people from around the world to provide them with access through epigenetics to risk stratification tools so people can understand better how, how at risk they are. And again, take action both now from, from immediate prevention steps, but also into the future to ensure that should anything like this happen again, we hear people talking about second waves, for instance, that people are in position of knowledge to be able to, to take action to reduce their risk of having a severe illness. And what we're seeing around the world at the extreme end of that also, also dying from, from those sorts of things. Um, so absolutely, I think, epigenetics has a role to play. And I think the outbreak is really serving to highlight the importance of people taking care of their health, um, not just for the long term, but also also for the now. Tom Stubbs, this has been incredibly fascinating. Thank you so much for coming on. Now, before we wrap up, can you tell us what you're most excited about and what you see on the, on the horizon, perhaps, in the next 10 years in your field? Sure. Ten years is a is a long way out. There's a there's a whole host of things that can happen in uh, in ten years time. But yeah, I can give you 
a sense of, of what's what's got me excited now and, and looking into the future. And and really it's it's around the the incredible opportunity that's that's emerging for each of us around the world to start to get more and better access to to our own health information and to be empowered through large biological data types such as epigenetics that can provide an exquisite understanding at a molecular level of our health and what we're at risk of in the future. And then that combined with, with an understanding of the, the actions that people are taking within a, a health and wellness context and having that biological data taken longitudinally, so at multiple points in time, be it every three months, every six months or every, every year or so, then being able to essentially derive essential clinical clinical trials within within a health and, and wellness space uh, to to support each of us living healthier for longer I think is a, a super exciting uh, super exciting space to to be in and and really to see the level of personalization and the the opportunities that come out of that for for all of us to to live healthier through prevention Dr. Stubbs, how can folks learn more about you and chronomics sure Folks can learn more about Chronomics by uh, heading to our website, chronomics.com, C-H-R-O-N-O-M-I-C-S.com. They can also follow us on Twitter at Chronometry or on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at Chronomics. Our guest has been Dr. Tom Stubbs from Chronomics. We'll see you next time on the Personalized Diagnostics Podcast. Thank you.